four. And the other one will be out of Luke chapter one. <coughs> but I, as we were praying in the back room, and I feel like God wants to mark us tonight. Now, whether you're familiar with us, some of you are, I s I've seen you a few times, and some of you are here all the time, and you're family, and you're all family. We're all in the same family. But I, I just, I know this, that we're, in a, we're at a prophetic like pivot right now. What does that mean? That means God can shift us one way or the other, and it's our decision. Look at your neighbor and say it's your decision. Look at your wife, don't say that. So I'm going to try and put some things together because I've been bombarded. Like, I don't ask for words. I don't ask for prophecy. I don't, I don't ask for this stuff, honestly. People are like, give me a word, give me a word. I don't want another word. <laughs> I've got enough to deal with. <laughs> right? And God is so good in just wanting to give us a prophetic map. He wants to give us. How, you, how many know he wants to direct us in the right way? And prophecy can either be an offense or it can be a sign to us. And so tonight I'm hoping that it's a sign for you because it doesn't offend me. I'm going to preach what I'm going to preach, and I hope you're not offended, but if you are, I can't help that. I'm doing it. I should do it for one person. The Lord's in this place, and I'm, I'm required to, to steward the word and to steward what he gives us so that we can walk it out. And so that someone in this room can step into something beyond what they even know what they're going to right now, right? Tomorrow, like, everything could change for us tonight. Do you come to church with that expectation? Like, everything could change tomorrow. Are you sure? Because I see on some of your faces you don't believe that. But that'll be all right. That'll change by the end of the night. And I really feel like, Holy Spirit, we're in such a time... I know, such a time as this. But I feel like, first of all, he's given me scriptures that have been plumb lines for my life personally. And I see him doing something totally outrageous on the outside when I look at it. I'm like, how, how is this even going to all happen? What are you, you going to do? And how is this going to come about? And we just need to be in, in alignment with what he's going to do. And Things that I've known and I've prayed for, I believe for, now I don't believe for them. I just know they're going to happen. And that's the way we need to be. We need to live out of this place where we know God's about to do something that's beyond ourselves, right? So I, I have absolutely no notes tonight. I tried to put notes, and I just had no order. So I'm like, okay, I'll just quote. There's so many things that the Lord wants us to release. And I'll just start with a quote. And I'm going to come back to this after. How many know who A.J. Gordon is? How many people in this room know who A.J. Gordon is? Four people? I'm in the right room tonight. <laughs> He's a guy that, you know, how many know where Gordon College is? 
Oh, yeah. Ah, right down it. Okay. You guys are going to trip out when I get done tonight. It's going to be, people be stumbling out of here. It's good. There's a quote from him. He said, we know that the wind lusteth to blow where there's a vacuum. If you find a tremendous rush of wind, you know that somewhere there's an empty space. I can attest to that. If you walk by, if, if I walk by alleyways in Rockport, just the volume of wind that blows up out of the ocean through that alleyway is crazy, right? He says this, that I'm perfectly sure about this fact. If we would expel all pride, vanity, self-righteousness, self-seeking, desire for applause, honor, and promotion, if by some divine power we should be utterly emptied of all that, the Spirit would come to us like a mighty rushing wind and fill all of us. I'll post it later. Selah. Really, if we can, in our lives, just empty ourselves of certain things. I'm saying this to begin with because God, the Holy Spirit wants to come in every place, every church, like a mighty rushing wind. Every life like a mighty rushing wind. This is not a question of maybe. It's a question of yes, he does. And will we open our, our lives to let him do that? Or will we stick our minds in the way? We will stick, or will we stick our offenses in the way? Or will we stick all kinds of things in the way? Pride, all these other things. I know I'm ringing. It's okay. I'll get louder. Will we put things in the way so that the wind can't rush? And I just have to, I have to be honest, we, I've, we've got, how many remember Anita Alexander? She sent a word last Friday, was it last Friday? It was last Friday. She sends a word to us, and I'm just going to kind of brief it, and then I'm going to get, I'm going to post, we're going to post up Charlie's word that he spoke over Boston, but it, it, it's all got to do with this. She said, first of all, she spoke Zechariah chapter 4 to us, and uh, listen, Something's up. I promise you something serious is up in the region. And you, I, you don't have to believe for it because I've got it. <laughs> the Lord, the Holy Ghost inside of me, I have it. It's no, like, not even a question of whether something's going to come to pass. It shall come to pass. I feel like every time the Lord says it in Scripture, every time he speaks it, it should be inside you. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. The things he speaks should come to pass. He doesn't lie. He's not a God. He's not a man that he should lie. And so there's things that he began to, she, she released to us that I, I'm like, okay. Despise not the day of small beginnings. I, I feel like Zechariah chapter 4 is for you. And you need to look at this. And so there were words that Charlie already spoke at the conference over us about the seven lampstands and I didn't even, I started putting all this together. I'm starting to write things down, and believe me, I'm like a prophetic ping pong ball, and I keep, so I might as well just go and run with it because there's so many things that God wants to link together so that he can express his heart towards us tonight because there's destiny that's erupting in the earth right now, and it's right in Boston. It's right in New England. It's right on the, the fault lines, Massachusetts. New Hampshire's going to get it. 
we're all going to get it if we just position ourselves to receive it. So you really don't have to even go anywhere else to go find it. Because I'm believing there's going to be a movement out of New England that's just going to blow, blow up the Northeast. That's what I'm believing for. Not to, uh, you know, not to bring us up to some level of, of something, whatever that would be. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's not just one ministry. It shouldn't just be one ministry. It has to be many ministries gathered with one, pur pur one purpose and nothing else. So we have to uh, really, really decide who we're going to walk with. Today's a day of decision. Every day is a day of decision. Who you're going to walk with, who you're going to listen to, who's going to speak into your life, what's the words that you're going to receive. Because every prophet that comes around the corner doesn't have the word of the Lord for you. I'm sorry. It doesn't. They don't. Give me, give me more words. I need them. You don't. Right? I know. I'm being a little strong. That's okay. The Holy Spirit wants to release something for us, right? In this, so she said, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And there was something else. You know, there's expansion, there's increase, there's all these things. But it's, a, it, it's this place where God's about to birth it and it's going to break forth. Right? Because when pregnant ladies give birth, it's just the membrane's just that thick and then all of a sudden it goes, right? Thin, thin, boom, over. Don't ask questions, husbands. <laughs> It's going to happen. It's not something that might happen. It's going to happen. How many moms in here? Can we attest to that? It's going to happen. It's like the doctor said <laughs> to my wife, this baby's coming out. She's like, I don't, you know. With Josiah, it was like he was so big. Right? So here's the deal. I'm going to read some of this. Zechariah 4. It says, Now the angel who walked with me came back and wakened me as a man who's wakened out of a sleep. And he said, What do you see? And he goes into all this allegory. It's not allegory, but there's, you know, prophecy weird things. So come on. Come on. They see things and they don't understand it and then you need an interpretation and God has to unfold it, and it's just how prophecy works sometimes, okay, especially with seers. So he said, I'm looking, and there's a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it, on the stand, and seven lamps, and seven pipes to the seven lamps. Amen. Go down to verse 5, right? Verse 6. It says this, right? Or verse 5. It says, the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, do you not know what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. And so he said to me, the word of the Lord to, the Zer to Zerubbabel is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. How many know it's not just a good verse? How many know we say it all the time, but we don't understand the implications of it? It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain. And it says he brings, and he, he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this temple and his hands shall be, and his hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Amen. Right? 
because the things that the Lord says are going to come to pass, and you'll know that the encounters that you had were true. Hello. Okay. For who has despised the days of small beginnings and small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the, in the hand of the Lord, in the hand of Zerubbabel, sorry, and they are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. I'll read that again. For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord. Does the Lord have seven eyes? Look at the seven spirits and the seven eyes and the seven lampstands. And come on. It's the Holy Spirit moving throughout the earth. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the perfection of, it's what actually dwells inside of you that brings perfection. You know what perfection is? Maturity. You become a brand new person. Right? So these are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the earth, the whole earth. Right? So, Here's what I'm going to say to you. I'm going to we're going to I'm going to pop this video up. I'm going to show you about 10 minutes of it and then I'm going to go after that because there's there's implications that I just want I want you to hear from his mouth, but he read this previous to that. That's why I'm reading this now and then I'll get into the rest of what I said, okay? the lighthouse, but the light will not go out. Then the eye of the Lord carried me up to Boston and for, it seemed to me, almost the entirety of, of the rest of that night, I was interceding for the city of Boston. And the Lord spoke to me about a fresh wind hitting the city of Boston in the state of Massachusetts, that God, uh, God's eye was upon Massachusetts. And um, I saw in the city of Boston uh, a new prophetic wind hit that city and hit many ministries that were there. And it was a, a wind of the Spirit that blew through, started in Boston, but blew through the, the state of uh, Massachusetts and went up through New England. And it was a fresh move of, and it was prophetic in nature. It was a prophetic move. And I saw uh, a wind hit the, the prophetic movement in New England, and specifically Boston. There's something about the seeds that were planted in the city of Boston, in that area, prophetically, that the Lord's eye is upon right now. And those that have been going weary and well-doing, the Lord says you're about to get a fresh wind of the Spirit blowing. Alongside this, again, this was interesting. I was again taken to a lighthouse. 
And I said, I, I said, Lord, I said, what is this? He said, Boston Light. And in the midst of that, he said, I saw this storm that formed. The eye of the storm was again around this Boston Light. And the Lord said, said the storm will try to rage, but the fire will not go out. He said it will be a prophetic sign that in the midst of the storm, he said, watch, the light will not go out, but the fire will burn through Boston, up through Massachusetts, into New England, and there will be a move of the Spirit that will take place, and it will be prophetic in nature. It will be prophetic in nature, but the enemy will try to use this storm. This storm will try to come that I saw it centered around a lighthouse, and it was in Boston, and Boston, Lord said, Boston Light, but the Boston Light will not go out. He said, watch for that. He said, it will be a sign that the light of the gospel, when people think that it's going dim in, in, in New England, and across uh, those, the, the east, the Lord says, no, a fresh wind is going to blow and there are going to be prophetic moves of the Spirit that are going to come across New England, but it will start in Boston. And the Lord says there are seeds of the prophetic from a previous generation that were sown into that city. And the Lord says that those that have been laboring they feel that they've been laboring in vain, but the Lord says, get ready, because there's a fresh wind of the prophetic that's about to blow across, across Boston, across Massachusetts, and New England. But he said, pray against that storm that will try to hit the Boston light. And I saw it literally circling the, the, this bo the, the Boston light, this, this lighthouse. And the Lord says, but the light will not go out it will continue to burn. So I wanted to get on here and um, I wanted to release that word to you today, kind of give you some foundation there with those two scriptures of the eye of the Lord. It was a powerful encounter that I had and it led into several days of intercession where I kept going back to both Central Florida and Boston and the eye of the Lord it was all these two distinct locations. And there's something that is going to spring out of both of these places that will be prophetic in nature, will be powerful, and it will be a blessing for many in the body of Christ. So today I want to pray for you. Of course, um, for all that is a part Sorry, of I just wanted to give that for kind of a foundation for where we're going to go in a minute. Okay, so you're like, oh, this is talking about Boston and Massachusetts. No, it's talking about all of New England. Maybe Boston will be the center, but I am saying this to you, right? Our eyes, I'm going to just tell you, our eyes were already on Boston. Like God is going to spring something up in there, and I knew that the Lord was speaking these things, and that doesn't mean we abandon this place. Don't get any weird thoughts, right? You're hearing me. It's going to be something that we, we were never called just to be stable in <laughs> Stationed in one spot. We're called to go out and move and do things. You hear me? That's just what, what we're supposed to do. That's what we're called to do as a ministry, to 
come on, lamps being sent. And so as I was actually, Charlie had sent, uh, I had talked to Charlie a week before he had released this. And he just told me the gist of it. But then when I listened to this, because I listened to it after he had already set it out, I looked and I texted him. And we, we were just back and forth. And I, he, he said, you know, is there a lighthouse? So I just typed in lighthouse in Boston. And you know what the oldest lighthouse in America is called? Boston Light. And it's right in the harbor. And that thing was a contention before the Revolutionary War for what the British would burn it and then the revolutionary <laughs> the minute when men would burn it and then uh, then at the end of the war 1776 we won our independence just to spite us they pulled out of the harbor and shot it with a cannon and broke it leveled it they rebuilt it what's the sign i don't know let's see Still Everyone's awake now, right? Good. Who's blowing foghorns in church? Well, here's the deal. I had to wake everyone up. I couldn't help it. Listen. You're listening now. Holy Spirit has something he really wants to release for us. The Boston light is something that I feel like the Lord has given to us as a sign of what he's about to do. Why? Because his eye's been on Boston. I've been saying for months that God's eye is on New England. His eye is on New England. His eye is on this place. His eye is on the churches that are looking to see what the Lord wants to do. His eye is looking to and fro throughout the earth to see who, who, who will just pick up what he has for us, right? There's something that I, I, I was like, so then I'm, my Internally, I'm like, God, what is the prophetic thing that is trying to be? Other than God wants to bring an awakening revolution, that's kind of like, for me, that's, I feel like that's the key. A revolution. To wake up a nation. Because it's not just about Boston, it's not just about New England, it's about the whole nation, right? And so I, there's something that the Lord wants to do with that. But I found out this, that there was healing ministry that was planted in Boston in the 1800s. And it's by one person, the man who I quoted earlier. Adoniah Judson Gordon, named after the missionary who was sent out of Bradford. Listen, if there's too many pieces. 
Here's the deal. As I was reading through A.J. Gordon's books, and I, I just need to read more because it's just incredible. Because he believed in 1855, he, belie- he was a Baptist that believed in the apostolic movement, believed in prophetic ministry. He received a dream. Ready? I'm going to go to the dream. This is the dream that he was, he woke up. Actually, he, yeah, he, he went to bed. He, he, he comes into this dream, and the dream, he's at church, and he begins to just see this man walking down the left aisle. Looked like a poor man, common man. And there was no place to sit, and someone gave him his seat. And his eyes kept being directed to that one man the whole time he was preaching. Anyone hear this story? Anyone know this story? No. I was, I was taken back. Because in this dream, and he said this dream was not a dream, it was a vision from the Lord that changed his whole life. That person that came down the left-hand side, the person gave the seat up, and then he tried to get to the man as he preached his half-hour sermon And he was wondering what the man kept thinking. He kept smiling and he was engaged with him. But he was more engaged with that man than he was with the rest of the congregation. And he went to leave to go greet him, but but he left before he could get to the back. And he saw the man that gave up his seat. And he said, who was that man? And he said, that man was Jesus of Nazareth. And, And this fear of the Lord gripped him. And then he woke up out of his dream. And he thought, he said, it changed his whole life in ministry. Why? Because he said, I'm not going to think about what I'm going to do to keep people in my church anymore. (laughs) I'm not going to think about how I'm I'm presenting myself to people. I'm not going to think how I can keep everyone happy and keep everyone in a good place and feed everyone perfectly. He said, I have to think about one thing. Am I pleasing that man over there? And there's something that the Lord wants to do. What, as I started just going through all this, when I was talking, when we were back and forth with Charlie, listen, the whole thing with the history of that lighthouse is it was a contention for the revolution. And what are the seeds that were in Boston? It's seeds that we can either believe that God wants to resurrect. But this man believed in the healing ministry. He believed in signs and wonders. He walked in the fullness of that. And he believed that no missionary should leave this country without being equipped in the ministry of healing, of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is when, this is when listen, we didn't have... Azusa Street. (laughs) This was Boston. It's kind of underground history that we don't know. Listen, there's so much more to read. I found so much information. I was overwhelmed this morning. I'm like, I can't get lost in this. Because I started to get lost. Because he had solid teaching on signs, wonders, miracles, the, the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, Listen, he believed that we could not do one thing, via quote, 
unless we had the Holy Ghost. Not one thing. Right? So we think we can do things. It's not by might and it's not by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And his eyes are, look, are looking to and fro throughout the whole entire earth for those, for someone, for a people, for just one crowd of 12 that'll do it, that'll go for it, that'll keep after it. So I say this because, listen, so I, ha we have, I have Anita who gives us this word on Friday. I walk into Henry's outreach that day and then a friend, Jeff, he just begins to, he looks at me, he goes, Miles, he goes, I meant to give you, I meant to speak a word to you when you were at, in Springfield. He said, but I didn't have, you know, I told you I'd talk to you later and, and I, it was fine. I'm like, good, well, we're here, talk to me, tell me. He said, don't despise the day of small beginnings. He said, I see God opening platforms and opening things. And it's not, listen, it doesn't, I don't want it to look like it's this, it's this. It's what God, God is doing. It's not about miles or anything else or any other person. Honestly, it should be about Jesus. But we want to have an impact in the region. I, hello? You want to have impact. You want to have influence. And any person that would move into ministry would, would want that, but for the desire only for one king. Are you hearing me? To please one person. And my desire is that we step into this place because God wants to, in a sense, he wants to expand. He wants to increase. He wants to pull you out of the places that you've been. And there's no time. Listen, there is no time to listen to the people that have been around you that tell you you can't. And you're not able to. And you won't. And that stuff. Listen, you got to shut those voices down. But you need to live out of a place where the Holy Spirit is, is thriving in you and moving in you and not putting a lid on you. Because he doesn't do that. Man does that. You do that to yourself. And so I'm excited. Yeah. Listen. A.J. <laughs> Gordon was born. <laughs> I'm just putting a parallel. He was born in New Hampshire. Yay. And he ended up doing his ministry in Boston. Guess where I was born? In Boston. And we're doing our ministry here now. But this is what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. God is no respecter of persons, right? He wants to do what he wants to do, and he wants to do it through you. And it's, it's time that you are empowered by the Holy Ghost. Not by a man, but by the Holy Spirit to do what you're called to do. And to not sit back and think, well, maybe. No. No, it's not a maybe. I'm telling you, this is all going to come to pass. Whether we're the forerunners in it or not, but I'm, I'm taking it. I'm taking it, and I'm eating it. I'm eating the scroll, and we're running. I don't care. Like, I don't care. I don't care if I'm, the ministry's not smack in the middle of Boston. We're going for it. We'll make a way. Not force a way. The Lord will make a way. Are you hearing me? And so there's something that he wants to do in our in our in our approach towards him. Ready? Because I'm going to get to the punchline. Don't make me blow the horn again. I'm telling you, there's something that he wants to do. 
Jesus did not come and die and give his life completely. And we'll do communion next week. And we'll just talk about the blood of Jesus and we'll do communion next week, okay? I feel like it's going to be powerful. It always should be. But I just, I feel like God's been giving me a revelation of the blood of Jesus that's just off going into outer limits with me. As far as I, I can see. But there's, there's something about the blood of Christ that has cleansed us completely. And when Adam was born, he had the DNA of God, right? And when Jesus was born, he had the DNA of God. How do I say that? Because why? Because his father was God. And to tell what blood is in my children, they go to me. Am I right? Am I okay with that? All right, check with the nurses. Right? I'm telling you, there's something that God has already done in you because you've been born again. And if you haven't been born again, don't leave here without getting born again tonight. But there's something of the, of the power of the blood of Jesus that will compel us and push us and move us into destiny. Or just stay back. Don't touch the blood. Just stay out. I'm not saying don't live a life with Jesus. I'm saying, listen, why do we want, I want him in such a way. I want him in such a way. And I don't want to be so familiar with people around me. With, seriously, we can get so familiar with everyone around us that we can't even receive something from them. We can't receive healing from them because we know them. Oh, no, this is all going to change. Right? Because the power of heaven is inside of you. It's inside of me. It's inside of the one next to you. If, we, if we're filled with overflowing, and I'm, and I'm going to touch this in a minute because we're going to look at, because Zechariah means what? God remembers. And there's another priest in the book of Luke. And he went into the presence of the Lord. He, was, he drew, he drew uh, we'll go to the story. But there's something about this because I know there's something that the Lord wants to communicate to us tonight. And it's powerful. Luke chapter 1 and verse 13, it says, but the angel, uh, let's go back, back up. Verse 8 says, so it was the time while he was serving as priest before God. Luke chapter 1 and verse 8. Before God, in order, in the order of his division, according to the customs of the priesthood, his lot fell to burning incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And I'm just telling you this because this, his lot fell. <laughs> it means you're on and you get to go back and you get to go burn incense before the Lord. Come on, say someone, I want to go and pray. I want to go and pray. Because incense, ready, remember, I think it's Revelation chapter 10 or is it chapter 8. It's where the, the incense goes up before the Lord. And it's the prayers of the saints. And here's what I want to tell us tonight. Because God is about to release something and it's only going to come through one way, prayer. There's no other way. It's through intimacy. It's through being with him. It's through loving on him. It's through, we have, I have one message, Jesus it's only by being with him. But it said it came to Zacharias. Zacharias was the same as Zechariah. 
It's just the Greek version. God remembers our prayers. God remembers what you've been believing him for. God remembers when you cried out. God remembers when you were speaking to him. You think it went up and it was empty, but I'm telling you, God heard your dream. He heard your cry. He hears it now. He heard it before, and he'll hear it again. But I'm telling you, we need to come into this place where we're agreeing with what he's saying because the, the lampstand is lit. Now, whether it's Boston Light, <laughs> which is crazy. Isn't that crazy? He didn't know what he was talking about. I, we find this, this lighthouse. You can't set that stuff up. And it used to run with seven, with seven candles inside of it. Long time ago. Seven candles. Burning. To bring light. And there's a phenomenon that happens when this thing, when this beacon's on every, it happens in Boston every night. There's 12 beams of light that shoot out off of it. They call it a phenomenon. I'll call it supernatural. It's because I believe that there's war, right? The tyranny that tried to hold America captive was trying to take control of the light of Boston. And I'm telling you that God has got a, something else in mind and there is this prophetic ministry, which I believe was, I believe it was A.J. Gordon. You, it's so crazy how far we get. Gordon College is a good school. The seminary is good. But they got far off of where they started. And I'm telling you now that God is trying to bring those things back so that, listen, so that we don't come into the house of God and not expect something to happen because that's what happens in churches all around New England every, every morning, every Wednesday, whenever. It happens all the time. It happens here sometimes. Come on. I'm not counting myself out because here's the deal. Because we come into this place where we don't expect anything. Zacharias goes in. He goes in and goes before the Lord, and an angel shows up. <laughs> Whoops. Happens to be Gabriel. <laughs> the big guy who announces big things. And I'm telling you that God's announcing big things for your life. It's a matter of whether you want to hear them or not. Do you want to hear them? He has big things he wants to release to you. Well, why do you have to hype it up? Because he's huge. I like the still small voice. I do. And the still small voice always makes me cry. Somebody in me, are you all right? The still small voice makes me want to just melt. And when God begins to echo and begins to reveal himself, and begins to show up any way he wants. Does he have a permission to show up in your life any way he wants? Does he? Because he needs that. Oh, no, God does things sovereignly. He does. He does. I believe revival is sovereign. 
but revival's always looking for a people. I believe that a move of God is sovereign, but God's always looking. The eyes of the Lord are always looking to and fro throughout the earth. But those who want, who desire, who are looking for it, who, who have their eyes set a gaze and look for what God's about to do. Because if I'm not looking for it, you'll miss it. And so here we have Zacharias. He's back in there. He's back in doing his thing. And the angel shows up and begins to just reveal to him what's about to happen in his life. And how many know that John, come on, I'm almost Christmas with this. Give me some credit. But John comes in and he's, he says, don't be afraid. <laughs> don't be afraid. It says that the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And it says, when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell on him. How many know that's the right response? It's true, right? I don't know about angels. Well, if he showed up in Luke, then he can show up in my house. I'll take Gabriel. Gabriel can come to my house, please. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear a son. And you shall call his name John. Wait, what? John? Not supposed to be called John. It's supposed to be called Zacharias, isn't he? Because you keep in the lineage of the priesthood. But no, I've set him apart. He's going to be a prophet. So I have some different plan, and I'll name him something, and I'll name him whatever I want to name him. Because <laughs> he's God, and I'm not. Right? Are you hearing me? This is how the Lord is. We don't dictate to him what things are going to look like, or even what we're going to name it. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me. And you'll have joy and gladness. Like, he's not joyful and glad. Like right now, he's fearful and frightened and he wants to hide, right? Troubled, it said, right? So he will go before him. It says this in verse 15. He said, he, he'll be great in the sight of the Lord and he shall drink neither wine or strong drink. And he will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn away many Of the children of the Lord, he will turn them to the Lord their God. And he will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready the people. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I got so many prayer requests for, for kids and nieces and nephews and children. And can we, can we just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plead with you, don't pray for their safety. saying that to mess you up later. Don't pray for their safety. Pray that they'll be savages for the kingdom. I'm done praying safe prayers for my kids. No, God, make them crazy. Fill them with God. Fill them with all of you. Fill them with uh, more than enough. Let them be lunatics for the kingdom. I'm not going to pray safe prayers anymore. And I'm not praying them for your kids either. That's what I said. I just started going, why are all these kids, they're all, they all either walked away or they didn't know you or 
What's going on? And God's saying, I'm calling them back, and they're going to look like a wild army that will change the landscape. Because let me tell you this. Right now, right, my son, he's in the back, I think. He's from the Z generation, which is about to make up 40% of our population. Oh, no, they're not creating culture. They will be culture. I think we have an issue. We need to win them to Christ. The millennials, the same. They're walking out. They're leaving. They need an encounter with heaven. They don't need a safe prayer. I'm sorry. I don't need a safe prayer. I didn't need a safe prayer. I needed God to come and annihilate me and get rid of all my stuff that's in the way. I didn't need a gentle, hi, Miles, I come to, no. No, this is what you need to go before the Lord. That's what I needed. How are you going to save a guy that's been twisted and in drugs and, you know, how are you going to do that? He needs a radical encounter. How are you going to do that to someone who's, who's not, have no culture in God? They need to really meet God. They don't need to meet religion. They don't need to meet a Jesus that doesn't do anything that's on the wall. I'm not mad. I promise. So here we go. He, he, he keeps going. He keeps encouraging him, right? This is what your son's going to look like. This is what I've called him to do. This is, yes, your wife's been barren, and you're old. (laughs) Come on. Some of us get worn out, and we don't see anything new in God. I'm telling you, I'm having conversations with, oh, it it was with Craig yesterday. I'm like, listen, I'm more on fire than I was when I was 25. You should be more on fire than when you met Jesus. Something's got to happen where the fire of God hits your life and it changes you. It's not about us. It's not about what we look like, but it's about the heaven being inside of us. And I'm telling you, if we look like him, if we begin to declare his word, listen, his word, his word, his word, his word will bring you life. So I like this next part because the angel says this. Because apparently, apparently, you ever read your Bible and you look at it differently? I always say this. But when I read my Bible sometimes, I look between the lines. Like what's really happening? And I feel like Zacharias, right, it's like God remembers. God remembers every prayer your wife prayed. God remembered everything that you said. God knows what your heart was believing for. But here's the deal. You have been walking around and you don't believe me. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to shut you up. Because what might come out of your mouth is not according to what I've got. So here's the deal. Just shut up. Tell your neighbor, shut up. You can tell him one time. Just shut up. No, I'm telling you, this is the only time you can say shut up. I used to tell my kids, don't say shut up. Don't say shut up. That's not nice. Tell the person next to you, if you're not going to speak in faith, shut up. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not playing. Listen. There is something that God wants to get out of us, and that's unbelief. And if we're talking unbelief, and we're talking about our past, and we keep talking about the stuff that kept tripping us up, and we keep going back there and digging the old man up, he doesn't want us talking about that. The old man has been dead. 
or he's dying, one or the other. He's, da- he's dying tonight. <laughs> so he said, but behold, now look. I love this. Look, you'll be mute. This is just like, as a matter of fact, and you won't be able to speak until the day these things take place. That's good because watch. Because here's how it's going to go with the rest of us. I'm not going to speak anything negative. I can't talk. Listen, I live with this lady too. I can't talk negative. Don't start talking negative. I got two and my daughter, right? Don't start talking negative, Dad. Don't say, you know, you need to be positive. So here's the deal. We need to believe God is going to shift our thinking, but he's got to shift our language because the more you begin to, the more you begin to stop talking that way, the more your mind's going to start thinking differently. And I'm telling you, this is what heaven has for you. So here's the deal, too. And I was listening. I was studying, talk, looking some more about the history on John and the birth of John. And it says that Josephus said that because uh, Elizabeth went away, right? She went away. She disappeared. She went away for five months. Why? Because she hadn't had a baby. But Josephus, the historian, says this, that she, they might have actually thought that she was carrying and the baby was dead. Come on, it makes sense. But there was this one day, happened around six months in, that Mary shows up. And I'm telling you, there's something that's about to happen in everyone inside in this room that God's about to wake something up inside of you. Because on that day, when Jesus showed up in his very embryonic form, Inside of Mary, the spirit of Elijah, inside of John, began to leap inside of Elizabeth. And I'm telling you in this room, someone, someone tonight, God's going to begin to bring something up. And it's going to begin to leap inside of you. I'm telling you, tonight is a night where we can step into something brand new and acknowledge that Jesus has come to awaken the thing that's been maybe even dead inside of us, to wake us up so that we can walk it out, so that we can give birth and we can go full term with it. Because let me remind you, going all the way back around, I'm believing, you should be believing too, but I'm believing that God is going to resurrect some things that have gone dead in the region, aren't you? I'm believing that God's going to bring new things on top of those things that have already gone dead, but he's bringing the new thing, and I said this before, that all the moves of God that we've experienced in the past should be able to culminate in one season and, and, and show up right here in history. Come on. And that when, when that happens, it begins to pour out an outpouring that we've never seen before, that we've never experienced before, that the Holy Spirit is full on in your life. Depends on whether you want him or not.
so here's the deal. Here's what he wants to do with that generation. And he wants to do, listen, it's about every generation. But there's a generation that is rising that they, he, he's calling them forth to be what? Jesus referred to John as what? A burning, shining lamp. So here we are. <laughs> right? We got all this prophetic promise. That's just one of many. Because I feel like the prophetic promise over every one of us in this room is so pregnant, it's ridiculous. And so we have a choice to either believe. Because here's the deal with Zacharias. Let's just go back to that for a minute. And, I'm, and if I'm going long, uh, sorry, but I'm not sorry. If, if, if there's something that's happening that I'm watching in the text, it's this. That John went to the temple that day, same day. Just it's just the same old day. I'm just going to go do my priestly duty. I'm going to do what I've been called to do. And we'll, let, we'll get out of here. We'll go home and have breakfast. Or whatever it looks like. You're hearing me. Because we all go through motions sometimes. And I'm telling you, God's trying to pull us out and shake us so that we're not, right? I'm praying right now. I've been declaring all afternoon that we would have an encounter with heaven that would, would change us and not keep us the same. And this isn't about hype because people get like, well, move me. I can't take it because I'll pull people out of chairs. I'll find you. I thought I was going to be crying this whole message. So much for that. Really. Because I got in the back room and I started thinking about when, I started thinking about him having A.J. Simpson in that church in the, in the dream because it was a prophetic picture of what God's calling the church to do today. We can't be concerned about everything else. Yes, we love everyone. I love everyone. I love everyone in this room. I want to see, see you run into your destiny. But I'm telling you, I can't speak words that are going to help you. I have to speak words that are going to please the king. I have to speak words that God is, gonna re that God is pleased with. I'm going to have to operate my life and my ministry that wins people to Christ. Right? We're going to have to operate this ministry to win people to Jesus. Because it can't just be about getting together. I love good meetings. And you know I love the glory. I want to be in the presence. But we have to be in this place where we're going for it and going after him. And if you don't have passion, I'm going to preach you into passion. Okay? Agree. We're getting awesome opportunities even, right? And in a few weeks, we'll be, we'll be setting someone in to, to start a house of prayer in the North Shore. And we're, we're helping um, Patrick in, in Boston with his, with his house of prayer. God is just, it's, it's happening. We're not trying to do this stuff. God's just doing it. God's just doing it, right? Because people are burning to do something. So I feel like tonight the Lord was, was focusing on one thing, that he wanted to mark us tonight, and he wanted to mark us to be lampstands, to be burning, to be burning ones for him. 
Listen, but here's the thing. Back to the text. I can't, I can't move you. <laughs> I mean, the words I speak can move you to a point. But I can't move you into what God's calling you to. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of you need to get up. Some of you need to lay down. The door keeps opening because of the wind tonight. It's good. I need it. There's been about three, three times it's opened. Hundred. I'm saying this tonight because God wants to. Grace, can you help me? So inside of you, I feel like God said he wants to bring to life some things, but he wants to mark you new. And really, first and foremost, just raise your hands, because I... seen or don't know and I just want to make sure Jesus wants to be completely Lord of your life completely Lord like no question he wants to be totally and utterly Lord of your life so tonight he, wa he wants to do that the question is will we give ourselves completely over to it Listen, this is for every born-again believer in this room, too. But they, if there's someone in here that doesn't know Jesus, listen, there's somewhere where the, the Spirit of God is moving and touching us right now. And God wants to just bring an inferno of His presence. He wants to burn inside of us in ways we haven't seen. And He wants us not to come the way we've seen him in the past, he wants to change all that because he is Lord. He wants to be king of your life. Well, we don't know what lordship looks like. Here's the thing. There was a, there's a story of this, this farmer who died and had a farm, and he, he, he lived poor his whole entire life. And this can be every one of us in this room. He worked, he toiled, he kept toiling, but one day he passed away, and then his son took over the, the, the farm. And what his son found was a gold ore going straight through the farm. <laughs> we have one man who died with impoverished, not even knowing what he had. And I feel like that sometimes every one of us in church at certain points. Like we're going around and we're dying inside because we don't know what we have. But the idea tonight is that we find the gold. 
The idea tonight is that we're at a, at a hinge point where things change, where we close the door to the past, where we don't live out of that anymore, but we open the door to a bright future, to like everything that God's about to do. And I do wholeheartedly believe that what we've seen in prophetic uh, things that I've kind of shared tonight, that God is wanting to open up a whole nother place for us to believe, right? He wants us to, sh he wants us to shut our mouths so that we can walk into what he's called us to. There's divine increase for your life tonight. I believe that the Lord is going to completely shift things if we just step into it. We can't, we cannot, we cannot live in a place where we walk into the house of God and expect nothing to happen. Expect angels. Expect Jesus. Expect him to come down the left aisle and ask for your seat. Expect that he's looking to sit where you're sitting right now, on top of you, underneath you, whatever it looks like, but he wants your life completely. And so, Father, we thank you. Come on, stand, 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 stand with me. Lord, we're at hinge points. So we ask, Lord, that, we, that the doors are open, that they swing open in our lives, that the caverns of our heart just open wide right now. And, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for all the things that you've done in the past, Lord. But I'm asking, Father, tonight that you release the ability to step into something brand new with you. Like we leave the old thinking, like we leave the old uh, rituals, like we leave even being dependent upon ourselves for so many things. We leave that place and we leave ourselves in this place where we yield to you. And I'm telling you tonight, God just wants to mark your life. He wants to mark you for the future. God's really burning in your heart tonight that you, you're looking, you're just saying, God, I'll do this. I'll, just come, just come. If God's really burning in your heart, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a response. And some of you need to move by faith because that's what you feel like you need to do, and I believe that. But there's something that I feel like the Lord wants to burn inside of us that will mark us for eternity. And it's not just another feel-good moment. It's not just another you know, fire tunnel, whatever. It's not that. It's something God wants to do that will brand you, will tattoo you, whatever it looks like. It's going to brand you for life. And Spirit of God, we just ask that you just do that in certain individuals right now. That, Father, your spirit would come. And, Lord, you touch us. You transform us. Lord, we look differently. Father, our eyes would see differently. Lord, we'd begin to 
engage with you in ways we haven't in the past. God, I thank you for your fiery uh, lamp that, Father, you want to burn inside of us. Father, there's something that you want to transform inside of us and move us into ways, into places that we haven't been in the past. And, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. thank you for what you're about to do in this moment. The Lord showed me earlier lightning bouncing all through this room so even if you're in your, in your seat you're not safe. But if you shut your mind off to it you're perfectly safe. Nothing will happen. So Holy Spirit come. Come with your presence. Lord, give us a brand new lampstand. Lord, light us up. Massachusetts, Boston will be lit. New Hampshire will be lit. We'll be lit. I'll be lit for you, God. I'll be lit. I'll be burning for you, God. I will burn for you. Nothing will stop the burning, Father. I thank you. Lord, we just ask that there's a release of your fiery presence right now in these moments. Lord, I thank you, God, that there's nothing, nothing, nothing that can keep us from you in these moments. Lord, we desire all of you. Lord, we thank you for the blood of Jesus in this place. Lord, we thank you for the mind of Christ in this place. And Holy Spirit, we give you glory and honor and praise.